Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Becca Marie. You're listening to Freedom Speak, and that's some triumph. Fight the good fight. That's what we're doing. On Conservative Talk, ABQ, KDAZ 96.9 FM, 700 AM, and listen from anywhere, conservativetalkabq.com. Send me questions or comments, or if you would like to advertise on this show and this station, email me at beccamarienm at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. So we just had another person added to our guests here. So now, okay, I've been talking to Rebecca Dow. I've been talking to Nurse Sharon, and now I've got Glenna Thornton, which has also joined us. Good morning. How are you, Becca? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm fine. Work got in the way this morning. So. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, Glenna was on with me previously with her husband, Ant, which is running for lieutenant governor, and we vote have fantastic for Ant. Yeah, vote for Ant. <laughs> I can say that because he's unopposed, right? I think so. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to avoid I'm trying to avoid endorsing people right now that are running opposed. It's like I just wanted to let you guys know that. Right. Anyway. So anyway, so we were talking about the latest news, things like that in the first hour. And so in this hour, I wanted to talk about a recent article I saw come up, uh, which had to do with snake venom and COVID. It's a fascinating topic, and it makes a whole lot of sense to me, actually. There is a video which I would highly recommend you guys all watch. I know all everybody here at the station has listened, has watched it, and they find it fascinating. It's called Watch the Water. And it has to do with how exactly are people catching this so-called COVID? And is it really a virus? It doesn't act like one. And there was a Dr. Brian Artis uh, that spelled A-R-D-I-S. And he did a interview with Stu Peters. And you can find that interview online. It's a very, very good interview. I'd suggest you watch it. And by the way, um, after the show, I upload the show and you can watch the replay if you miss any of the show. And also I upload my show notes, which include the links to all of my references, things that I use in the show. And also you'll be able to find a link to this Watch the Water video, which I think you should watch. It's fascinating. So... Did any of you guys watch that one already by any chance? I watched the first 20 minutes and then again, work got in the <laughs> work. Way. That darn work. That gum work. Oh my gosh. No, I haven't, it's the first I've heard of it. You should. You'll, you'll find it fascinating. Um, I'll give you the link to it if okay. you want. And Sharon watched it, right? I did. I watched you, it twice. Closer, and took closer. No, I watched it twice and took notes. Yeah, I did too. I, I watched it twice and took notes too because there's so much information there. So, anyway. I'm just going to kind of go through these notes. Okay. Rattlesnake. Okay. If you're bit by a rattlesnake, how do they treat you? If you're bit by a rattlesnake, they treat you with anti-venom, which anti-venom is derived from snake venom. What is also, what is anti-venom? This is interesting. Anti-venom is essentially monoclonal antibodies. Specifically poly, polyclonal antibodies. I was counting on your expertise But on it's this. made from monoclonal antibody yes. structure. Yes. So all along through this whole pandemic, they've been pushing the bat narrative. And, 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 I, and it was, I was kind of bashing Sean Hannity. He was pushing the bat narrative too. It's like, and I wasn't buying that right from the start. Wasn't so it Tom this, Cotton, the, one, the only one that was saying, hey... 
that's not what it is. He knew it was from a... Yeah. I think it was Tom Cotton. I'm almost sure it was that was talking about that. He said it, and so did a Chinese physician who was later shot and killed. Oh, isn't that a coincidence? His name was Bing Liu. Bing Liu, exactly. Bing Liu was a researcher that was researching this whole thing, and he was about to release a report on his findings on so-called COVID. And it was suspected that he was going to be coming out with a report which was going to be really, really um, very surprising to a lot of people. And mysteriously, before he could publish that report, he was killed, shot in the head multiple times. It was obviously execution style. And then the person that killed him supposedly committed suicide. And all of his computer vanished and all his documents uh, disappeared as well? All of that stuff vanished. Well, University of Pittsburgh, University of Pittsburgh was going to release it. And then he's shot and killed and it never gets released. No, never Just got released. never gets released. Just gone. Not even in honor of the guy. After all the research he did he on this. He was always uh, bringing up the fact that it couldn't be bat. And he was showing, you know, uh, biologically why. Mm -hmm. And then he brings out this information and he's suddenly gone. Now... Sharon, you can probably explain this a little bit more, okay? The, the similarity between snake venom, uh, particularly um, king cobra venom, which, oh my God, that's the most terrifying snake I've I would not want to be near one of those things. Just the look of one of those things, aren't they terrifying? Yeah, they yeah. are. Oh my God, And let scary. me just tell you, you talking about snake venom just automatically gives me the, that is my fear. They lived under my bed when I was growing up. All <laughs> snakes, all snakes. Me. Really? Yes, me and the guy from, uh, what was the guy that, the movie... Uh, with the rolling rock, and he always goes, no, please, no snakes. It was back in the oh. 70s. Oh, I think you're talking about Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Oh, yes. Indiana Jones. <laughs> I say of anything, but the snakes are and the anything. And he ends snakes. up down in this hole, and it's all dark in there, and he hears this sound, and then suddenly there's light. Yes. Oh, my God, they're everywhere. <laughs> well, he it, and I are like this. <laughs> well, my, we had skunks living under the cross space in my house, so my grandparents' house, so we go to my grandma's, and skunks, I don't like... <laughs> I, oh, let me tell you a little. So they get in a fight underneath my grandma's cross space they and spray each other, and then the whole house They spray each other, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. And then they, like, they did that. And if they die underneath your house, it stays forever. Let me tell you a little bit. I actually, believe it or not, the I cross have, are not fun, I have so. an interesting skunk story for you guys, <laughs> believe it or not. I know, actually, I'm a little bit of an authority on skunks oh. because of this. Okay. This is really fascinating. <laughs> I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again for anybody that hasn't heard it. Anyway, so I was getting ready to go away on a camping trip one weekend, and my roommate had spotted a dead adult skunk out in the road in front of the house that had been hit by a car. And he mentioned it to me. It's like, oh, wow, okay, that's, okay. So we left, and we came back after a couple of days of a camping trip. And the house I was living in at the time had a big porch in the front of the house with a crawl space underneath. And my roommate spots up there at the stairway going up to the porch. He said, he said, Becca, do you see something up there near the, near the stairway? I said, yeah, I do see something. What is that? He says, it, is it cats or what, what is it? I don't know. And so I go up there, and sure enough, there are four baby skunks that are like this big. Aww. Okay, they were so cute. And they, they were there, and apparently that was their mother that got hit by a car out Did in front of the house. 
No, I did. I no, I didn't do it. <laughs> wasn't my fault. Because I was. So and, she says. Yeah. No, I didn't do it. I promise. So so anyway, so I go up there to them, and they're tiny, tiny little, tiny little babies, and they're so cute. And apparently that was their mother that got hit out in front of the house, and they looked for the nearest place of refuge they could find, which happened mm-hmm. to be my front porch underneath the stairway to the front of my porch. And it's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do with these little guys? You know, it's like, you know, they... I wasn't sure if they would be able to survive without their mother to be able to nurse and things like that. But I called a, I just kind of did some searching. I found a wildlife rescue place and I called the number and called them about, told them what the situation was. And they gave me some advice on what I could do to maybe help them survive. And they said, well, you know, obviously they need water. And they said also what you might look for is get, find some dog food that has vegetables in it because it's a more balanced diet and they will probably eat that. And another thing that they really loved is they loved dry cat food. And I got them to, uh, miraculously enough, I got them to drink and eat. And and the dry cat food, what I would do is I would just kind of scatter that on the ground because I was teaching them how to survive so that they'd have to look for it. And they would go around and they would look for it. And then we did that every day for, oh gosh, I don't know, a couple of months. Wow. And they got to where they warmed up to me a little bit. You know, they were always cautious, which is a good thing because they're a wild animal and they need to be able to survive in the wild. But they, they weren't afraid of me. And it's like they were cautious, but not afraid of me. And I, they would stand to the porch, except when I came out in the morning to put some food out for them. And they would come out and they'd peek over the stairway and they would look at me. And then they, after they looked at, oh, it's you. And then they'd go out and they would eat and I would just sit there and watch them. And, and so there was one in the group that I assumed to be a male because he was a lot larger than the other ones. And he was always kind of like the leader of the pack. You know, so he always, he was like the alpha in so the group. So they think. Yeah, that's what they thought. And one day... I guess he, he felt like I was just getting too comfortable around them. So one day he comes up to me and he hikes up on his, on his rear legs and he, he kind of comes up to me and he, and he looks at me and, and I just sit there and I look at him and I just talk to him and says, I'm not afraid of you. And it's like, and he just looks at me for a minute and then he turns around and walks back over and starts eating. And then I reached down and scratched him on the back of the no neck, way. and they're so soft. It's like, <laughs> so, so you didn't have any problems with them? Spraying, because you know they no. always talk about like we're we're back on yes. rattlesnakes. Yeah, young rattlesnakes don't have a they're they they they're more dangerous than the big ones. They, they are. Say. Okay, so that's okay. an interesting question okay. because I asked the the guy at the wildlife place that called me back, and he and I asked him. I said, "When are skunks capable of spraying?" He right. said, "They're born with the ability to spray because it's their their defense." He said, "But he said a common misconception is is that they just easily easily just spray anybody." all the time. He says, no, that's not the case at all. He says, they will only spray if they feel like they're in mortal danger, okay? And that's why when a skunk gets ran over in the road, you always smell. Oh, yeah, it's because true. they're in a moment of terror right before they get hit by the car. Got it. Okay. Right. And, and, and that's the last thing they do. Well, it's, I don't it's like know. our epinephrine. I don't know yeah. what mortal Adrenaline. danger was happening, but I remember like yesterday, we had had a big snow at my grandma's house mm-hmm. at Thanksgiving and the roads were frozen over and 
the skunk sprayed and underneath the house and we couldn't go anywhere. We were like, okay, do we go outside in this blizzard or do we stay in here and like smell, smell like a skunk? Did they yeah. maybe get approached by a dog or something? Maybe. Oh, yeah. That's you know probably what, that's what happened. Probably, yeah. Because one day there was a couple of stray dogs <laughs> that made the misfortune of wandering into my yard probably. and decided that they were going to bother the skunks and the trunks and nailed that dog. And Went it's like, wild. oh, they did. And that dog did not come back. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. But oh, anyway. I, uh, dogs sprayed by skunk, that's the worst. Oh, oh It's yeah. the worst because oh, they yeah. still want to hug you and low on you. And I know. And it's like, ooh, get away from me. So I, I can proudly say that uh, three of them survived. Aw. And... I and and they went Aww. off and and they wandered eventually just you know slowly wandered away and I didn't see them anymore. They, they hung around the house for a while, but okay. Well, look what we do with our children. Yeah, but <laughs> I, that's my that's my skunk story, <laughs> and I loved my little skunks, Aww. and it's like I just called them my little stinkers, oh. you know. <laughs> <laughs> so but back anyway. to rattlesnakes. Yeah, know, we really right? got sidetracked we there, didn't we? That's okay. That's fun. I do that to people. <laughs> you're hilarious. So anyway, so anyway, so you're right. That that guy that was going to release that report that did all that research, <laughs> he he ended up Sorry, dead. That's not funny. I just you know, kind of like what I talked about a, about a while back about the trail of bodies behind the Clintons. If you get too right. close to the Clintons, I don't care who you are, right. you're a Secret Service agent, you're a cop, you're, you're, a, you're an assistant, you're Seth Rich, you're, you're, you're a staffer on her campaign. Uh, if you find out something you're not supposed to know, it's like, well, if you find out, I'm going to have to kill you. And, yeah, it's and a death sentence. It is. It's a death sentence. It's and not just the Clintons. We need to think about Debbie Wasserman Schultz and what happened to prosecutor down there. Oh, what? tell us about that one. Do you know about that? He wound up washing up on a Florida beach, but he didn't die from drowning. He had blunt force trauma to the head. Oh, oh my and he goodness. He was a prosecutor down there involved in all of that. And you know, that, that always seems to be a common way for these people to uh, supposedly, like, like I heard one thing, uh, one guy that ended up dead that was known to the Clintons, he apparently committed suicide and he had a gunshot to the back of his head. Right. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't even, how would you do that? No. I, I, I don't know how you Who do that. Who was the guy that was the chief of staff for the Clintons? That um, that was also yeah, well, like was he committed suicide, right? Yeah, Supposedly, yeah. he was a very close friend yeah. and stuff. But he had all the information. Yep. Yeah. So so this this research that this guy talked about. By the way, this this guy that's talking about, he's an actual Dr. Brian artist. He's an actual doctor. He actually knows about this stuff. He was talking about how the spike protein is most similar to king cobra venom. And by the way, the kind of snakes we're talking about, we're talking about the, the, the worst kind. We're talking about king cobras. We're talking about a snake called a crate, which yeah. apparently is really Chinese crate. Which I've is, never yeah, heard very, of very that. deadly. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, so he said that this spike protein that is exhibited by this so-called uh, COVID-19 is very, very similar to King Cobra Venom. Now, now the interesting thing is, is you know how that they were just, they were doing their, they, they canceled the monoclonal lot of antibodies. Right, oh my God, they don't want you to have yeah, can that. Can I ask a question about that? Because yes. Aunt and I both had COVID at the same time, uh -huh. okay? Aunt did not get the jab. And I always, when I come and talk to you, I always go, oh gosh, why did I do it? Because every time. I know, I'll pray but, for you. But we both got the monoclonal Yes. Antibodies. Yes. Okay. And we were better within, oh, I'm not kidding, within 24 hours. I hear that from everybody. I, I'm not kidding. Now, yeah. a friend of mine just got it 
I think a month ago, uh-huh. went down to get monoclonal. Could not get it. No. And they were going to do the resp- what's it called? The respir. The remdesivir. Remdesivir. And, and she said no because yeah. of what she'd heard about it. And I was like, why don't they still have the monoclonal? And do you, do you know what's interesting is the remdesivir has okay, remdesivir. They, they, he mentioned all kinds of things about the remdesivir. Remdesivir, when it's packaged and stored, it has a white yellowish tint. It looks exactly like snake venom that has been packaged and stored. Exactly the same. And not only that, but the remdesivir, it actually appears to be have the same stuff in it as snake venom. Okay, and, and you're it has saying the, the monoclonal is like an anti-venom. anti-venom. Is that what you're right. saying? Yes. That's okay. Right. That's what I'm saying. On okay. top of that, do you mind? No, go for it. On top of that, uh, remdesivir, is, its um, function is neutralized by guess what drug? What? Hydroxychloroquine. Of course. But of course, so, you're not allowed to have hydroxychloroquine right, right, either. Right. And the only drug authorized through the CDC protocol for treatment of COVID-19 is remdesivir. And now it's going to be authorized for... They want to give it to infants and children. Infants and children. I yeah. saw that. As well yeah. as they're talking about approving a vaccination. covid uh, yep. shot yeah. the children six months to five years. Yeah, yeah, and, and they're forcing it on the news. They're constantly saying it is available now for your child and people are running for the stuff. <sighs> well, you know, the thing is, and I've, and I've talked about this before, I've talked about brainwashing. I've talked about how they just continually repeat the same thing over and over again. I, I have stopped watching certain channels. I have stopped watching certain cable news channels because they keep sho- shoving the narrative down my throat. And it's like, no, I don't want to see it. I don't want to be indoctrinated. And I refuse to be. And it's like, I don't want to listen to it. I already know the facts behind this stuff. And no, I don't want to hear about it. And just like how they're doing it, how I mentioned Rebecca earlier about her post on Facebook, how she, I think she mentioned the word COVID. So what do they do? They stick their little advertisement on there about getting a shot. Uh. You know, they do that. They do that to me all the time too. So they're constantly bombarding people with this. And, but stuff like this, like I'm talking about, that doesn't make the mainstream news because they don't want you to know about this stuff, people don't know about it. So all they hear is the narrative. That's all they hear is the narrative over and over and over again. Our focus needs to be uh, to protect, getting the word out to parents in a very nonpartisan way to let them know, listen, you know, there's studies coming out you need to be reading. Mm-hmm. Moderna's, whatever problems happen in adults, it's not selective yeah. to adjust adults, especially the, uh, the heart stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah, anyway. Becca's praying for me every day. I, am, I, am. I know. You Whatever you do. Well, yeah, I got the, um, I, I, I travel a lot. Mm-hmm. And so at the very beginning, I went to my doctor in Fort Worth and we discussed it and he was for it. Okay. And um, aunt really did not want me to do it, but this is the difference between, to me, people that believe in the individual that he said, if I wanted to, I have the right to. He didn't want me to, and he did not. He didn't. But that's the difference. If you want to, go on, sister. So you did know, you, have you guys had COVID? Uh, both of us had it at the same time. Uh, we got, and I, you were vaccinated? I was vaccinated. Twice? Uh, uh, I was vaccinated twice. I've never been boosted and will not be boosted. Um, but I had COVID in October. Aunt 
we had it within two days of each other, and Aunt was not as sick as I was. Interesting. Yes. And then when we, uh, we both came down with it, like on Wednesday, Thursday, we went Saturday to get the monoclonal and the monoclonal antibodies, you have to do it within what, five days, something like that. So we did it by Sunday afternoon. Aunt was great. It took me till Monday morning, but I was, I mean, I woke up like a different person on Monday morning. Evidence is actually coming out that this so-called vaccination, which is not a vaccination, actually weakens your immune system. Yeah which can actually make you sicker. Now, the one thing they were talking about, here, here's some really, really interesting things. Okay, you know the thing with the, the lack of taste and smell? Yes. Okay, that's a, and we had a that. common symptom? Yes. Okay. So guess what happens if you ingest a little bit of cobra venom in, in your mouth? Don't stop, just stop. <laughs> no, that'd be horrible. Guess, you would, oh, you probably don't taste. You lose your taste I and smell. I bet that's right. That's a common I am not going to try it, but I bet that's right. No, that's what happens. No. Yes. And uh, an interesting thing, too. Did you guys watch the, there were a lot of these going, and, and this is not fake. This is actually real because I actually know somebody that actually tried this on somebody they knew, somebody that had got the shot. You know how people had become magnetic at the at the site yes. of the injection? Yes. Okay, that's a real thing. That's not just fake. That is actually real. Did you did you hear the part on there where he was talking about the magnetic nanobeads? Yeah, Sharon. Because not only did they they had to encase this uh, this so-called vaccine, it will not cross your cell membrane. Your cell membrane is very good at filtering, right? Right. So in order to get it through there, uh, your cell membrane has. Um, is lipid based, right? So they needed a lipid coated nanoparticle carrier just to get into the cell. Then they went the step further, I guess it depends on the manufacturer and they put the nano beads in and they do have magnetic properties. You know, every time I come here, I go home going like this, oh, why, why? But you know, I can't do anything about it now. I mean, Here's I, the thing, I okay. believe in your right to choose and right. that's yeah. awesome, that part's great. The problem is usually when we have that right to choose, there's informed consent. You're right. Yes. This was consent, they didn't make you sign a form like when you get a flu vaccine, because that's a vaccine. It right. also has data, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. But you weren't really informed consented. Right. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. So you got it. You consented, right. but it was not on paper, and you were not informed because there was no data to inform you with. Well, let me ask you a question. Because to me, I made, I talked to my doctor. Do you see what I mean? I went and talked to my doctor. My doctor encouraged it mm -hmm. because I travel. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just saying, to me, I was in. Yeah. I'd find another doctor. I know, but and, you see what I'm saying? And, I thought and I was none informed. of us are judging you. Here. Oh, I, no. I know like, that. I really I know don't that. judge, except the people that put me down and say that I should be fired as a nurse right. for not Absolutely. getting it. Those people, we were in a different Right, and uh, those, those are the same people who counted on your services before the vaccination well, was available. Like yeah, so, yeah, so, so put so you to work uh, morning, noon, and night when, they're, when they said it was dangerous for us to even leave our home. That's right. And there's nobody more more informed than our healthcare providers who were on the front line mm. through the pandemic before the vaccination existed. And that, I'm back in school reading evidence-based papers. You yeah, know, and, and then that, that is one of the most, tell me. the height of hypocrisy <laughs> yep. to have expected you to risk your life mm -hmm. uh, when, when, you know, I mean, this governor is, it won't even still ride her bicycle outside without a mask on <laughs> and you risked your life. You're at work overtime. No one knows or understands what's going I on. I was at that removed time. from my job as a nursing educator and yeah. deployed because I had ICU experience. At what point? 
um, into the right in the beginning. They, okay. They made us all email them with our past experiences if they didn't know when they hired me and I had earned this job that I got. And then they said, and they, I basically said, well, what if I don't want to do it, you know, I, I, or could I want to do it for a certain amount of time? Well, then you won't have a job. So they threatened our jobs then, pre-vaccine. There were no bonus pay. There was no hazard pay. There was no uh, end date on when you would be given your job back. Well, and here's the thing that's really, really ridiculous about this whole thing. As a healthcare worker that is working around sick people on a daily basis, okay, and, and, and you've been working around these sick people for months and months and months, don't you think that over that period of time, you would have already been exposed numerous times and either you had already had it and gained an immunity or you're immune anyway. Why should you have to get an experimental shot when you've already clearly been exposed over and over again and you're no longer in any danger whatsoever, nor are you a danger to anybody else? And I'm sure I was exposed, but I will tell you, I never got ill from it. And one of the reasons is before COVID came out, I went to the doctors feeling very, very low energy, mm -hmm. had my vitamin D checked. It was 11. That's super low. So I had been pumping up my vitamin D level and it's now in papers that the people who did not get very ill from COVID or didn't show symptoms had nice pumped up vitamin D levels. And we're not talking taking 2,000 IU a day. Got it. The more adipose tissue you have, the more you need. I have is a whole it, information Can I ask a question? Is vitamin D, like I know vitamin it's C. It's a hormone. Yeah, and it, but vitamin C flushes out, right, if you have too much. Is that correct? Like if you take too much vitamin C, it might flush That's out. That's what I've heard. Yeah, That's I've heard I've you heard. can't take too you much gotta vitamin D. You've got to be careful. D. Well, you're always going to be cautious with right. your yeah. kidney right. and liver function. Vitamin and stuff, D is not. D, um, you do have to be careful. Okay. But we need to take more than you think. It's not just sun exposure. And if, if someone has a higher level of adipose tissue, they will eat it up. Okay. So most people are not getting enough. And the people who died were obese, so they were probably more sedentary. They were probably not in the sun doing activities either. So they probably had super, on top of being obese as a comorbidity for that, um, diabetes. Yep. Um, and, and it's come out, the CDC admitted that you had to have at least four other comorbidities to have had a death from the COVID. Um, so, so Sharon, are we going to have a new um, voter um, disease come out right before the election? Oh, I think you can bet on it. <laughs> I think you can. I think you can bet on something to happen yep. between now and, what, June 6th? Is that when the... Uh, I don't know about June, June 7th. Si June yeah. 7th, because there's not a Democrat Oh, primary. no, no. Yeah. November. Before, between November. Yes. yes. Yeah. Good something, point. Some other crisis is going to come out. They're going to try to push these drop boxes. They're going to try to push the mail-in voting. They've got to, because if they don't, I think they know they're going to take, take a total beating in the next election. So I, just on, you know, Sharon talking about being uh, exposed, you're saying she's exposed, mm -hmm. and it, or... Or PPE works. So either way, well, either way, either but like way. right. Yeah. Well, we we when we first were shoved in there, we weren't wearing the full-on stuff unless we went into the actual room. But when people went into the actual room, they wore um, a N95, not a KN95, a real N95 with a negative pressure hood on, with wires, with a vacuum to. Keep it away. Anything coming in, keep it away from you, right? So how, when you would walk into Albertson's grocery store, I shouldn't, they didn't really call me out on not wearing a mask and stuff. But anyway, anyway, all the studies were out from the beginning. Even Fauci said, if you want to wear it to make yourself feel better, then it became a political thing. Then it became a power thing. 
And now they want you to have more. Can I just say one thing about the vaccine and the possible snake venom versus virus? Yeah, go for it. I wondered when they came out with this vaccine and I wasn't getting it. I said, it's not a vaccine. It's gene therapy. I was telling my coworker, it's gene therapy. I yeah. just want some more. Yeah. I know it's good. It can rebuild heart tissue. Gene therapy works great for mm -hmm. some things. Um, but why aren't they using a traditional vaccine like they do for the flu what? shot? Maybe because it's not viral. Exactly. Okay, can I ask you a question, Sharon? Um, <laughs> when you do, when, <laughs> when, when, like when Aunt and I got the monoclonal, because it could be an anti-venom thing. Yeah. Am I better? Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, I'm, I'm just asking because to me, I got the best thing that, that was out there. And I know because I'm over 65, that's one of the reasons they did give it to me. I think it's well, a strong number one, I'm, that I'm that looking, might have counteracted the, the shot. That's what I I'm really asking. Do. I'm I think out, there's a chance. You know, I'm, just, I'm looking want, at Glenna. She doesn't look over 65. I know. I was thinking right? the same thing. Like, good job, what? girl. Yeah. Good job, girl. I'll be 67 and in July. I have, uh, I have files and files okay. of protocols, which I need to go through because I want to talk to him about that. But there are physicians doing things that can maybe minimize damage. Yeah. And you I can't unvaccinate yourself. Right, but well, I thought maybe the monoclonal might help. You because know? the oh, problem absolutely. is... And okay. if, you got a follow, if someone's willing to give you a follow-up and your, your liver and kidneys can handle it. Okay. Hey, ladies, let's take a short break and we'll be right back. All right. We've still got lots more on this. Ribs Barbecue in Cedar Crest, New Mexico believes all positive things derive from freedom, liberty, and choice. Ribs is the conduit for heroes just like you. Go to ribsbbq.com and find carnivore contraband to support the fight against the crony global elitist. Ribsbbq.com. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-and-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, -on -one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at Perkins Protection training.com. Agave Builders is a family and veteran-owned, licensed, and insured GB98 construction company. I'm Michael Eustace, along with partner Ron Lucero. We specialize in helping disabled veterans obtain grants through the VA and nonprofit companies to remodel their homes. We can also handle all of your building needs, from small jobs to commercial buildings. We are also a premier American walk-in tub dealer. Call us at 505-385-6680. Also find us at agavebuildersnn.com and follow us on Facebook. Looking for hard-to-find used car or truck parts? Looking for honest general mechanics work at affordable prices? Call my friend Joe at Southwest Auto Recyclers. Serving New Mexico for 30 years, veteran-owned and operated at 4025 Broadway Boulevard, Southeast in Albuquerque. Call 
Hey, everybody. Becca Marie here. You're listening to Freedom Speak on KDAZ, Albuquerque's conservative talk, 96.9 FM, 700 AM, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. Send me suggestions, comments. If you'd like to advertise on this show, on this station, email me at beccamarienm at gmail.com. So we're having a fantastic conversation here about uh, the connection between snake venom and COVID. This is something that's new and breaking that's just been coming out. But I want to get back to it. But right now, what I'm going to do, Rebecca Dow's only got a little bit of time left. She's got a, uh, a engagement she has to be at here in a little bit. And I uh, wanted to just ask her a few things. And Rebecca's a real fast talker, so she'll be able to get through this stuff. In well, I have a note in front of me, and it says, slow down. Slow down, yes. Mine just says, pay attention. You know, I, I, you know I, I've listened to Rebecca talk numerous times, and it's like, wow, you know, if she don't make it in politics, she could always be an auctioneer. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> so, all right, so, Rebecca, I'm going to ask you a couple of difficult questions, and we okay. talked about this in advance. You know this is coming. So, um, there is this situation with the, the daycare center thing, okay, that uh, there are a lot of people talking about this. And the reason I wanted to ask you these questions is because if you get nominated, I think it's best that you're out ahead of this thing, okay? And so tell us what happened with this. Now, I hear that uh, there was a settlement in a, like a civil suit with uh, a family of one of the victims of, of what happened. And I saw that that got settled out of court. It was like something in the realm of $260,000, huge amount of money. So you want to ex- talk about that? Yeah. Well, okay. so first of all, it didn't happen at a child care center. Okay. Uh, so that's 90% of what's out there is a lie. Okay. So I am the founder of multiple nonprofits. One is an early childhood program called Apple Tree. Mm-hmm. I have no ownership or interest in any of these. Okay. I, I'm not on the board. Uh, I'm the founder and CEO. And so they're, the child care center licensed by Children, Youth, and Family Services has never had an incident of child abuse. Okay. That's, that's a lie. Okay. Um, I'm also the founder of the Boys and Girls Club of Sierra County. That is where the incident occurred. That is a teen center for 6th through 12th graders. Okay. And they had an AmeriCorps program. And AmeriCorps, I don't know if you're familiar with AmeriCorps, but AmeriCorps places youth in programs. And this AmeriCorps member was a 20-year-old with no priors. So they have federal background check, which he passed. And Appletree, on behalf of the Boys and Girls Club, did a background check as well. And the state of New Mexico cleared him as eligible. So he had okay. two background checks. So that's another part of the lie. They say he had no background checks. Okay. The incident did occur at the club. He was 20 years old. He molested a 14-year-old. And that for, uh, the staff, I think the staff responded very well, actually shut him in a closet, called the police, and reported it. He was arrested, confessed, and was sentenced to 12 years. The okay. incident occurred, so of course there's a settlement. Now, after I announced that I'm running for governor, a lawsuit comes claiming me, negligence and making all these claims. I was removed without prejudice. Okay. I never paid anything. Okay. The incident occurred, and there should, you know, it, this is New Mexico. Right. And, and, and he needed to have his counseling covered. And, and, and by the way, we didn't hide anything. We ran a full-page ad in the paper, called every single parent who had a child who was a member of the club, notified them when it was happened, called the New Mexico Anti-Sexual Assault Coalition, brought them in, added observation windows in every room. 
Recreation programs in New Mexico are unlicensed and unregulated, but because of my background in early childhood, we had standards similar to uh, CYFD's after-school program standards, if you're licensed, a one to 15 ratio at the teen center. That day when the incident occurred, there was 40 kids and there was eight staff, including the perpetrator. So we had a one to five ratio. Um, so I was removed without prejudice and I, I never paid a claim and I don't have any ownership or interest in that, but I am, at, anybody who served on a board has risks, you know, and, and, and take it from whichever person is attacking me at the moment. This is George Soros progress now funded lies that I'm used to Democrats throwing at me, but Republicans are recycling it. And so it's, it's concerning to me that a candidate for governor would spread progress now lies in order to get a vote and persuade voters, to distract them from the task at hand, which is a rapid course correction of conservative values in the state, to save our state, to save our republic. And I am the person that is a job creator. I'm the person with experience in the regulatory environment. I'm the one with governmental experience ready to govern on day one. So all they can do is distract, you know, attacking my uh, record, attacking, you know, whatever. And it's easy to attack me because I put myself out there. I have dedicated my life to serving my community, particularly vulnerable populations. My life has been dedicated to improving the lives of children. And so, you know, say what you want about me, but this poor child who's 21 years old now, you know, I talked to him a couple of weeks ago. He just got a survivor tattoo. And he said, would it help if I went on TV? And I thought, so tired of him being re-victimized. Yeah. For someone else's political gain. What kind of governor? Would someone be if they're willing to re-victimize a, 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 a child who was harmed with lies? Now, I understand that. And, you know, I've been talking about uh, for a couple of weeks now about this push in which they're, they're using uh, the gay community and transgender people as a political football to forward an agenda. And this is making the lives of these people miserable, people that would probably just rather live their lives and be left alone and just kind of melt into society and not uh, draw all this attention. And so I know what you're talking about there exactly. It's terrible when somebody gets used that way. It's it's just really, really wrong. And I'm, I mean, it, attack my record. Say what you want about me. Sure. Uh, let we talk about my opponents uh, that constantly file, you know, IPRA's audits, ethics complaints, whatever against me. That's what happens when you're a conservative mm -hmm. voice in a progressive state. And, and many of these attacks are taxpayer funded. And so I'm used to it, but it, it is, it is um, heartbreaking to me that this child is re-victimized. Re yeah. I think, I think some of the questions like from people like me were, mm -hmm. you know, um, when it was discovered or knowledgeable by you, was there something done immediately? Yeah, he was, he was arrested within two hours. Okay. The, the employees at the club shoved him in a closet, shut the door, called the police. The police arrived. The 20-year-old confessed and he was taken to jail. We ran a, that, that, I don't remember what day of the week it happened, but the paper runs once a week. We ran a full page ad in the paper. Nothing was hidden. And they're people saying can there accuse was no background you check, but these, these two people background do checks. have ways of getting through background checks. I don't know who it was through, but only certain people can do that correctly. Well, so with AmeriCorps, the federal government does a background check. It's a federal FBI background check. In the state of New Mexico, um, CYFD you send, you, you send the person down and, uh, and the police department defended us right away and said, we do the background checks for the Boys and Girls Club and we did his fingerprints. And then we send it to the state agency, which is the CYFD Background Check Bureau. So he's already done by the federal government. This is just a second background check. And so the CYFD sent it back. And when you get that back, it says, 
eligible or ineligible for hire. You don't get a report. Uh, and that's that's the standard for all child care centers, all mm -hmm. licensed facilities, anyone who chooses to do their background check through CYFD, you get cleared or denied. And his was cleared. People can put whatever accusation they want in a lawsuit. It doesn't make it true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess it's just for most people, they really need to know that timeline, you know, because to, to have known something, right, which I, th I think is going around, to have had the knowledge and not jumped on it right away or something or not made it public, but that's what I heard, so. He was literally right. arrested within two hours and we ran an ad in the paper, the next publication. And that was when it was found out that he was guilty already or when it was found out there were suspicions and the, all the, that? The timeline was... The boy came out of the closet, said this incident just happened. It happened in a storage closet. Came out of the closet, said this incident just happened. In that moment, they threw the employee, the perpetrator, into the closet and called the police. And had there been any prior complaints about this gentleman? Uh, no, there, he had no priors. No prior complaints there in his realm there? Well, Not, nobody else coming out with anything no. about him? Okay. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, the other uh, one here is ethics complaints. Now, I know ethics complaints, I have a little bit of familiarity with ethics complaints, being as I'm helping somebody with uh, her campaign, and uh, they even tried to do this to her, and it was clearly, there was, it was a nothing burger. But anyway, so uh, I, I know, because I've seen some of the court documents, there are apparently some ongoing ethics complaints issues going on, and I saw something about a failure to appear I did not for fail. a hearing. I did not fail to, well, maybe I failed to appear. I don't know how they answered it, but I could either go to court or I could pay a daily fine. Okay. And so since what they were, they wouldn't say what the scope of the deposition was, and I'd been complying for over a year uh, with all the information they asked for mm -hmm. in print and email, you know, whatever form they asked for it. Um, and we didn't know what the scope of the deposition was since every question had been answered and they had offered a $250 to say I filed something wrong, like something less than $5,000 It's getting... Um, they wanted it reported differently. The Secretary of State said I was compliant with my financial disclosure form. The Ethics Commission disagreed. The statute said if, there's, if, if the Ethics Commission thinks something needs to be amended, they notify the Secretary of State and that the candidate has 15 days to voluntarily comply. So I voluntarily complied and said, okay, I followed the statute, voluntarily complied, and you can go read that. It's all public information. Mm, yeah. And I said, here's what the Secretary of State told me to do. Here's what the Ethics Commission wants me to do. So here's my amended disclosure. That should have ended it. But instead, they decided to go further because they're looking for a conviction. They're looking for a complaint and some sort of... They don't want to let it off. I mean, we're talking about 400 and some pages, original documents, and they came up with... Uh, they didn't like the way I reported $3,400. So... I could either go be deposed, but I think I complied with the law. So I said, I, I want to go to court. And so the court said, okay, you can either be deposed or else you can pay a daily fine until the courts decide if you, if you should be deposed. So I chose to pay the daily fine. I was not in contempt. I was, and so I paid the daily fine, which I have a right to do. I mean, I, I, yeah. there's so, okay. several times during this conversation today, you've talked about innocent until proven guilty. Absolutely. I so, totally believe in that. And I believe when you comply with a statute... So when does the court date happen? Yeah, that? so I want that, by the way. So the, the, uh, the way the Ethics Commission works is there's employees that were hired by the Legislative Council Services. If you don't, uh, and they, they assign a case number 
to the ethics commission to the ethics commission who meets every other month and say we want to continue working on this case or close it right so blaringly obvious uh, conflicts of interest are closed and the ethics commission never sees it because they just see a number the employees at the office, the general counsel and the executive director, they're making those decisions whether they drop it or pursue it, not the, not the legislative appointed commission. Then you go to a judge, and if, if you don't agree with the judge, then you go to the legislative appointed commission. So when is that okay. happening? I in mean, uh, July or June. Oh, after. so after the primaries? Because there's a blackout period, so. Okay. Yeah. Um, what I'm going to do is, since you've only got a few minutes, sure. I'm just going to kind of just read off this list of things that I, that I had in, on my mind, and then you can just use <laughs> okay. the rest of the time that you have to talk about them. Um, so let's see. Okay. Transparency. We want candidates that want to be transparent when they're in, in office. It's like we've got, a, we've got a, a governor right now which will not speak to the people. She's hiding. She's hiding in her mansion up there. She's never seen. There is a, and I, I tried to get the information before the show today and I, I wasn't able to get it. I had mentioned this to you, but there are several uh, people that are running for office, friends of mine as a matter of fact, that are pushing this issue, which it's, it's part of the, the New Mexico Constitution about political uh, political bonding, where if you are a an elected representative, it's a personal assurity bond, which basically gives the voters a recourse. It's it's say if you're if you're violating your constitutional duty in office, it gives them a resource to to go and hold you accountable. There's that the the bonding, and then there is. You know, uh, the, we, which we talked about earlier, the overreach of power by the existing governor and, and how it's just completely unconstitutional. Getting rid of these emergency powers that, are, that enabled her to do this to start with, ending all mandates, ending all future mandates. Uh, this thing with these Zoom meetings in which the public is not allowed to come in and, and participate in government, I think that not, stuff needs to end. I think we need to have in-person meetings. And not only that, but I believe that elected officials need to be required to show up in person for these meetings. The, the, the option to have these Zoom meetings needs to go away because this is, at this point, this is an artificial emergency at this point. There is no emergency anymore. Um, and uh, outlaw future lockdowns. Yeah. There you go. So go with it. Awesome. Okay. So I okay. think you, uh, so outlawing future lockdowns. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I sign on to every bill uh, that my colleagues introduced to reduce the authority of the governor for, for having these sorts of lockdowns and emergency orders. It, it definitely cannot be what was intended by the legislators when they voted for this. We are the lawmakers. This is our authority. I think 30 days max on an emergency order before you bring the legislators in to, to weigh in on it as well. Um, and that may even backfire on us because by the time uh, we have a governor in November, if Title 42 is gone, we could have a border emergency. And I would declare a border emergency if that's what it I think we already give, do. Yeah, oh yeah, we do. But I'm if border if if Title 42 is gone, and we have another a new governor, it's a really good reason to secure the border, redeploying the National Guard and uh, finishing the wall and putting in the fiber optics and, and technology that our border agents are asking for is going to require money that this legislative body isn't willing to appropriate. And so there would have to be a border emergency declared. And so what can you get done in 30 days, and how do you do that? But I mean, if we're going to, you know, we want it to be fair and equitable to all, and we believe in.
in elections and, and rule of law, then we've got to amend these orders and, and, and have to include the legislative body in the process. Uh, transparency, before we pass the legislation, which I voted for, uh, I always disclose my capital. Uh, I try to be as open as transparent. Uh, people in my district know. I'll tell them why I vote the way I vote. Uh, they can call me on my phone. Uh, I, we, we, most of the Republicans, I think all the Republicans, showed up in person even though we were allowed to Zoom. And they made exceptions. We don't get paid, we get a per diem. Per diem is for mileage, it's for travel hotel incidents. And they accept, made an exception and paid themselves per diem even when they were doing participating from Zoom in their own home. <laughs> I believe in being present and accounted for, which is why I subjected myself to wearing a mask to be able to be a present on the floor. And I have one opponent who always puts a picture of me with a mask on, you know, while they were on TV telling people to social distance and wear a mask. And so I, I wore a mask in order to be a representative of my district and to be present and accounted for. And, but I don't, I believe in personal choice. And it was pretty clear right away that a cloth mask wasn't working. So it was to be able to participate. And it, Whatever we can do on transparency and open government, and that is why you know I joined the whistleblowers at CYFD. I'm really very concerned about what's happening with our children, uh, and the abuse and neglect, and and what they're being subjected to. And so, joining in that effort to talk about signal, and this governor's attempts to make even communications by phone, and communications by text private, and deleting those. Uh, we know it happened at CYFD, so I've been very vocal about those things, and will continue to be. Okay. I saw her saying time's up. But anyways, thank you oh. for letting me be here. It, it, did she? No, no, no. Oh, I thought she no, put up a sign. Anyway. Yeah. But okay. I know you have to go. Yeah. So it's but, like, I don't want you to miss where yeah. you got to be. I appreciate you, you know, letting me be here today. And it's, it's been fun. It's 37, 38 days until the primary. And, yeah. and uh, it's, uh, I'm neck and neck with Ron Ketty. And, and I know there's five people in the, in the race and mm -hmm. I know you favor some, but um, uh, I'll tell you. <laughs> The race is uh, r rolling out to be if between If you get nominated, Rebecca, I will fully I, support you. I know you will, and I'll support yes. another nominee because, you know, the, weather, oh, that's the, last the weatherman thing I says anyone's better yeah. than MLG, but I'm better than the weatherman. There is one other thing I wanted to mention. Absolutely. Is Everyone's the other candidates that are running, which I think they're all fantastic. I think we have such a great number of candidates running, is that I hope that if you were to get nominated and you were to win, that you would consider bringing these people into your cabinet because we we all yeah. we love all of them. The bench the bench is not big enough, and it's yeah. going to take all hands on deck yeah. to set New Mexico's potential free and to put the power back in the hands of the people. That's going to take us all. Uh, my website is rebeccafornm.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we're looking for volunteers, door knockers, people put signs in their yards, meet and greets. I'll come. Oh man, I'm go to safety meeting in Carlsbad at five o'clock in the morning <laughs> if I can talk to the, our, our heroes in the energy. F in industry. And so, yeah, just thanks for having me on today. We're out there spreading the word. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank it's you. It's been great. All right. So uh, that was Rebecca Dow. And uh, so I want to, we've got a few minutes left in this segment. I wanted to circle back. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, no. She's channeling Jen Saki. She's channeling, she's channeling Jen. Channeling Jen. Um, I wanted to get back to, because we still have more to talk about on the snake venom thing, because this is a, a really, really interesting developing uh, issue, and I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about it going forward. We were talking about about uh, 
immunity and, and you were talking about that. It's like, well, would would the fact that you had monoclonal antibodies maybe possibly counteract some of the stuff that Yeah, would that help? Shot? I, right. I, maybe. Maybe. But the problem is and Here's the thing, and there, there's some recent evidence that has come out that this can possibly permanently alter your DNA. And this is something that I think if the left-wing wackos knew about it, that, oh, my God, this is actually a GMO. This is a, gen gen this is a genetically right. modified organism, which they've been speaking about about years, about farmers not using GMO right. seeds and things like that. Well, essentially what they've done is turned people into GMOs. Yeah. <laughs> so, so these, so these left-wing uh, nitwits out there that have all just kind of just you know blindly followed and done what they were told. It's like, wow, you're a GMO now. You hate GMOs, but you are one. Right. Isn't it uh, Mon Monsanto? Mon Monsa Monsanto. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I yeah. Mean, and you know, it's funny. Always look at a true liberal is someone who really believes in individual rights. I mean, well, that used to be. It used to be. That I used the liberal, to be one. I know a liberal is sovereign. I, I think mean, I would be considered to be right. a classic liberal, and, and only you know, like a like a like a, a Kennedy liberal. But, right, but you yeah. know, even sometimes I look at Bill Maher. He has. I mean, ugh, sometimes I just want to slap him, but sometimes he gets it. He does. He does. There it's are a so, couple of people on the yes, left. Yes, and, and I I find that fascinating because he would be the kind what you're talking about that would be upset. Yeah. About you, you see what I mean? Because he was yeah. a classic right. liberal. Yeah. And um, he would be the kind that would be upset about the GMOs. Right. So here's I, here's an interesting thing. Okay, this is fascinating. There is a thing called nicotine receptors. Okay, yeah. well, and it, yeah, it's like you normally when you're thinking about nicotine, you're thinking about people that are smoking cigarettes. Correct. Okay, but the interesting th thing is, you know how for, for many, many years they've been saying smoking is going to kill you. Correct. Well, in this case, smoking might be saving some lives <laughs> because, okay. because the, the nicotine in cigarettes and smoking actually inhibits these nicotine receptors and actually can prevent you from suffering the More consequences damage, of yeah. this really so-called virus if it really don't, is. Don't tell him. And Nurse that. Sharon piping in here, so it's the nicotinic acetylcholinesterase receptor. I was counting on you to do that. <laughs> I, when I was talking to, to, to Sharon yesterday, because I always share my show notes with anybody that's going to be on the show with me, because I want them to, you know, to be a, a really good participant in the conversation. Sharon's like been had a crazy week, and she said, Becca, what do you want me to focus on? I said, you know, why don't you focus on this venom thing because this is really good and I think you can really help me on this one. And she <laughs> did. Without saying that it's true or anything, I have, you know, kind of broken it down and right. explained what I learned. But um, yeah. And all Glenna adds is that she's afraid of snakes. That's it. That's all, that's all I got. That's okay. Absolutely. At least you've done your part. And you know, I would love to hear more about um, your husband, Ann Thornton, at some time. I hope sometime well, this hey, last. We, we can do some stuff in the third I hear hour. great things from Jay Block, who's yeah. Cuban Hurdle candidate. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I asked him, who should we be supporting? And he said, Ann Thornton. Aww. And then I met you the other night. Right. That was wonderful. Oh, so, yeah. thanks. Oh, for sure. So, so this here's another interesting fact about this. And like you said, Sharon, it's like I'm not saying this is a real thing or not a real thing. I'm just saying that the the information 
seems to stack up pretty darn good, yeah, okay? It's, it's, and so this is something I'm going to be, be keeping an eye on. And I talked about other things when I first started in radio a year and a half ago that all turned out to be true, all panned out, all became mainline scientific fact Correct. later on. So I've got a pretty good batting record on this stuff Yeah, so it's far. interesting that, okay. you know, we always talk about conspiracy theories, yeah, right? Yeah, right, yeah. Well, we're kind of winning in that arena. We are. We're totally winning on that. Unfortunately. So, yeah, unfortunately, right. So another interesting thing this guy pointed out is that the CDC has been going all over the country supposedly testing all of this, these wastewater plants around, around the country. Okay, and somehow by doing this testing at these wastewater plants, they suddenly predict when there's going to, where and when there's going to be an outbreak. Oh, of COVID? Yes. Yeah. So, like in the water, you mean? In the water, yeah. Well, what happens with the wastewater plants? Okay, Correct. the wastewater goes in there, it gets treated, it, it gets filtered, it gets, and then it gets put right back in the system again. Correct. So, if you were going to say, if you were going to poison a population, wouldn't you want to put it in the water supply? Well, I don't, I don't know if that's what they were getting at. I don't want to. Well, I think he was getting at that. Actually. Well, they're just saying if it's coming out, if it's being secreted, that means those people have been exposed. That's what to they're this claiming. Thing. Yes. Oh, but it, you're thinking but, it could be the yes. reverse. But, but yeah, the, well, that's frightening. Yes. But the suggestion <laughs> yes. was is that. Oh, well, what they're doing is they're putting it in the water. And that's why they call it uh, watch the water. That's why they, they're, they're calling it that on that video. That video, okay. Yes. Okay. And so here's an interesting thing, too. And you know how I mentioned that movie Contagion? I've mentioned that yes. before. How the whole pandemic seems to completely mirror the plot line in the movie Contagion. And, and those of you that have not seen that movie, you need to look it up because you're going to find it really, really creepily, ear, eerie, exactly as the way things are going. And not only that, but they blamed it on a bat in that movie too. Is this the one with Dustin Hoffman or which one is this? Because there was, there was another one. And, and I'll have was, to look that up. I okay. can't remember. Okay. Yeah, Curious. Seen it yet. Yeah. yeah. But uh, hey, we're at the end of the second hour. All right. It's been fun. It's been really fun so far. And the two hours has gone by. It always like, goes quick. Yeah. I'm, re I'm glad Rebecca came in because I, I, I think she hopefully cleared some things up for people. I, I think she gave a good explanation. But so it's up to you guys to decide on your own. So anyway, so uh, we'll be back in the third hour. Um, I'm got maybe a couple more things I want to mention about this topic because it's really, really good. But then I've got some other things I want to talk about in the third hour. And we might, uh, some of what you want to talk about with Glenna too. Glenna's got some great stories. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to, uh, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the, the agenda uh, behind the woke companies that seems mm. to be so popular these days. And I've got a few other just random uh, things here I wanted to talk about too. So we got plenty to talk about in the third hour. Matter of fact, we got more to talk about than we're going to have time, but that's okay. That's better to have too much than not enough. There you go. Anyway, we'll be right back.